Hi, welcome to Life Hurts, God Heals. I'm one of your hosts, Kim Ward. And I'm your other host, Kurt Flagel. And on this episode, we are wrapping up our fascinating conversation with Debbie Fries, who has been sharing her story of walking out of tremendous darkness and into the light of God's love. On this episode, Debbie reveals more information on what it looked like for her, who helped her on her journey from the darkness into the light. We also discuss the nature of love. We're confident you will find this conversation fascinating as we continue the discussion with Debbie right now. Debbie, how did God draw you out of all of this darkness we've been talking about and into the light of his love? Did, like, Who did he use for people? How did he orchestrate circumstances to draw you from the darkness into his light? My six-year-old personality from the time she was six knew that Jesus would come at some point and always had that hope and that part of my brain that said, Jesus is real and he's coming and he wants to help you. That little spark of hope carried me through many, 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 many things. I was supposed to be in this big ceremony when I turned 21 and I all of a sudden was like, I don't want to do this anymore and got help and got out. The people that... God put in my life. So the first one was Keith. He was the pastor at Fresno Pacific. He was the one that was like, hey, what's going on? Because some weird, I made some weird things happen in the room and my roommate walked in and he was like, I need to talk to you. And I was like, do I have to? And he's like, you have to. <laughs> Him and his wife were very intentional about constantly being like, you don't have to live like this. You don't have to live like this. We can help you. And I'm like, church people hate me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> then the, the Haddons that I moved in with, they sacrificed a great deal to let me live there, and I'm still part of their lives and their kids' lives and their grandkids' lives. And and at that point, I was like, I want to have a family, and I want to raise them to love Jesus. And, and then I met my husband, who was 19 at the time, but we've been married 30 years. <laughs> and then having kids, I put up with a lot, taking my kids to the church I grew up in. They would not include me, and they would say, oh, you, you tried to kill yourself before, and you have tattoos, and you smoke, and you can't minister to anybody. But they all loved my kids and wanted my kids to be involved in everything and babysit their kids. And I'm like, I raised them. Like, they're good people because of me. You know, I don't understand how that got lost in translation. But, but I wanted them to have that. I wanted them to have that foundation. So my kids went to a Christian school, and that was really hard for me. I mean, they got a great education, but I was like, I don't like how mean these kids are to each other. Um, we went to Calvin Crest. A family offered to send us there for free, and we went there, and we started going there every year, which I've met a lot of great people, a lot from Vegas, and that was a turning point for me. Um, I worked with disabled students for a long time, and that brought me a, a ton of joy and made me want to love better. And then five years ago, no, seven years ago, I found out I had lupus, which a lot of people that have a lot of trauma end up with autoimmune diseases. It's a really, really high percentage. Now people are starting to write books on it. And just found out I have tumors on my adrenal gland. So that's a whole new issue. And people go, well, aren't you mad? And, and I say, I have no right to think that God should make me like not sick because <laughs> I left the Satanism for him. Like, I can't believe I've lived this long. Like he's given me a great life. I have great children. I wasn't supposed to have kids. I, so I don't ever look at things like that and go, God's punishing me. A lot of people want me to believe that, but I believe that 
everything that has happened in my life is for a reason and my lupus and now this new stuff is for a reason. I have friends that call me now and say like, Hey, I'm really struggling. Can you talk me through this? And I'm getting to use the gifts that God gave me. And so that has catapulted me now into this new era. So whatever happens with my health, I'm all in. I'm very much driven by obedience to God no matter what that looks like. I was a stay-at-home mom when that wasn't a real thing anymore (laughs) Um, because I wanted to love my kids. And then I trusted and Jesus put me in a place that I could work with my best friend. So I was protected and got to work with disabled students. So I, I see his hand in everything. And I used to get really scared about money. My husband would say, oh, the PG&E, you know, it's $230. And like five years after we got married, somebody would go, oh, I forgot to give you your wedding gift. And it would be like, exactly the amount of the bill it has happened so many times mm-hmm. it happens frequently mm-hmm. to me it happened a couple months ago where i was like i don't know how i'm gonna pay for this and then last week the dentist sent you a check the dentist sent me a reimbursement check for exactly the amount of money that i needed and so i was like what is going on so i just always see god's hand in it i'm not one of those that goes oh god's punishing you I know how it works on the other side, and I know how much people forget that the devil has rule over the earth. More comes from that side than God going, oh, I'm smiting you. Yeah. I think that God has always been there for me, even in the, the darkest of my darkest days. I always knew that he was there, and just that little spark of like inching closer to him for two decades. But I've always think that some parts of me always were like, Jesus is good. <laughs> Let's go that way. Isn't it interesting that a lot of the pain came from from abuse from people, and then the turning points came from other people who were willing, like the word you keep using is sacrifice and surrender, were willing to mm-hmm. give of themselves, right? And then your willingness to serve others. Like you said, one of the blessings was this group of, of people that you served, right? And how much that impacted you as you served them. So those are the two things I noticed. It's really funny. I was talking with somebody and and I was saying the only legacy I want to leave is that I taught my kids to love like Jesus wants us to love. My daughter actually thanked me yesterday. Somebody told her that she was one of the most giving people. And she goes, thank you for teaching me how to love right Mm -hmm. um, and love well. And I will never take it for granted that I did things that mortify me on the other side. Not that I have to make up for that, but the fact that I'm still alive, the fact that I have children, that I got married, all the things, I constantly want people to know love. And I know how bad it hurts to hurt and not feel like you're loved or that you're accepted or that you can belong somewhere. I mean, how many times is the word love used in the Bible? constantly 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 that should be the church all these other rules and all the things if we don't love well nobody's gonna stick around long enough to get through their sins and go through their stuff it doesn't work that way jesus says you've heard it said love your neighbor i tell you love your enemy as well as your neighbor right because your father in heaven sends the rain and the sun (laughs) talking to an agricultural society that needed those things to survive. Mm-hmm. He sends it on the, the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous. I've actually had people say, show me in scripture where it says we're to love unconditionally. That's unconditional love. My son's youth group 
a good percentage of it are trans kids, non-church kids. And I'm like, so what happens when they turn 18 and go to regular church? We tell them, oh, sorry, you're gay, so you're gone. I have a really hard time with people going, well, we can love them, but they can't be here. Is that love? Like, is that? And so my big thing, and I say that all the time, if you want to get somebody to Jesus, you have to love them well. And that, that's the thing. I quit my job at the um, transitional program for a friend that I had just met that was a nurse, that wasn't a Christian, that got pregnant. And she said, I don't want to put my kid in daycare. There's something different about your kids. I want you to watch my kid. And then she ended up having twins. I've watched them since birth. They just turned 10. And I just love them. I love them as hard as I would love my own family. Last 4th of July... The mom, the dad, and the two girls got baptized in my pool. Hmm. They got saved, not because I was like, you need Jesus, you need Jesus, but because I love them. Because I would throw stuff in there, and I would pray for them, and I would talk about Jesus, and I would sing them the songs, and I would, you know, say, oh, you're scared? We should ask Jesus to, to help you not be scared. I never shoved anything down their throat, but I loved them well. And then the mom the other week was like, you girls need to go to bed. And the and the little one of the twins says, "I'm sorry," and she's like, "Are you why, why are you guys talking?" She's like, "That's just our prayer time." Yeah, <laughs> but my friend, the mom of the twins, her parents are atheists, and so I thought there's no way that I'm gonna get prayer in here, anything. Mm-hmm. But I loved them enough, and then they started asking questions, and then they all came to faith, and that to me is everything. But we're going to create an entire generation of people that will never know Jesus because we feel the need to say that's a sin and you're not accepted here. And I just, I really struggle with that. If you read the Bible, it says, if you think poorly about somebody, that is a sin. Only humans have levels of sin. God does not. Mm. Oh, you did drugs? You're real bad. You went to prison? You're real bad. You have tattoos and smoke, you can't, you can't serve in the church. Because that's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us to, have, to have, be all cookie cutter and not reach anyone else. It's not our job to fix them or tell them anything, but Jesus loves you and let Jesus figure that out. There's particular sins in the church where you need to get clean before you can take a shower. As opposed to every dirty person comes under the blood of Jesus and gets washed, cleansed, and forgiven. And so it's just really interesting to see how the church doesn't understand what it looks like to hold to the truth of Scripture and at the exact same time to love just like Jesus loves. Mm-hmm. When you love Which first, is also Scripture. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to say I don't yeah. like that people pick and choose because it's always, we can talk about this verse and we'll preach on this forever and ever, but and then we'll move to here and then to here and we'll keep skipping around. So, I mean, I'm hearing your story, but in the middle of that, like, did you get angry with God? Were there times where you were like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and I tell people that. I'm very honest with people. I I don't want this to sound really... I don't... I'm not trying to sound bad or, of any kind of way. But when I pray, I talk to God. And it's literally like I would be talking to you or I have cussed God out numerous times. And he's okay with it. It's an emotion. Like, he wants... All of us, this is the thing that I tell my kids, you know, I don't say like, how was your day? I say like, tell me all the things. I don't want to just know about the good things that you think are like the highlights. I want to know all the things. I want to know the good, the bad, the ugly, what made you sad, what scared you, all the things. 
that's how Jesus is. I think he wants to know, but I've gotten so angry um, at him. Probably not for the things that most people think I would get angry at him about. I was embarrassed, but I wasn't angry that I had personalities. Um, that's just something I've had to live with, but it saved my life. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have my kids. I wouldn't be almost a grandma if that hadn't happened. And I do believe that God gave me the ability and the intelligence for my brain to do that. So I do get angry with looking back and knowing that God put specific people in my path to get me out and they didn't. And it last, my abuse lasted so much longer. I'm more angry at those people than I am about any of my abusers, which doesn't make a lot of sense to people. But I'm like, my abusers were taught that and these people just didn't want to help. They didn't want to get their hands dirty. So there was multiple times from the time I was four years old till I was 21 of people that could have snatched me out, told my parents, been like, whatever. And so I have anger about that. But the things I get mad at God about are not things necessarily that happened to me. I, I've gotten angry over my daughter not being able to get pregnant and about Zed's depression and, and different things like that. I get angry and I'm like, come on, <laughs> like give it to me. You know, don't make them have to go through that. That's been hard. But yes, I, I but I, I cussed God out a lot. And, and I tell people that it's okay to get angry. Have you never gotten angry at your parent? It would be abnormal to never be angry with God and to never question. I think that's abnormal. Well, I would, I would agree with that. I would say, would God rather have someone lash out at him and give their full perspective and anger and all the blame or not speak to him and withhold it and hide it within themselves? Exactly. Like, really, which is, which is the worst thing? Hiding it. When we're talking about who gets to come to Jesus and who doesn't, Matthew 11 is pretty interesting. It says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. For I am gentle and humble in heart. What's the minimum requirement to come to Jesus? If you're burdened and weary, you have access to me. And that's the thing that the church, I think, has, has basically handed out masks at the door. I suffer with depression. And when people say, oh, the joy of the Lord, I'm like, that is so offensive because you're saying that I don't have a relationship with God. I, I can't find joy because I don't have the Lord in me, which is not true. Jesus knows I have depression. He knows all of those things. And he's dealing with that with me. So saying you need the joy of the Lord and then your depression will go away no, otherwise God wouldn't have made people that could figure out medication and people that do therapy and people that pray. And a lot of the stories in the Bible are about people that love Jesus that screw up. But I see so many hurting people. Like I tell him, we'll go out, you know, our families go out and I'll say, uh, do you have any cash? And he's like, why? And I go, they have dollar signs over their head. We need to give them money. Mm. And we do because I can see it, which is another weird thing. We've prayed so much together that I can point to a place on my body and he knows what spirit it is. <laughs> That's how good we are. We practice that for a I'm while. I'm not like casting out spirits on, on no, 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 people. No. I'm just like praying for them for usually the good stuff that they need in order to combat all of that. Well, I mean, speaking of prayer, that's actually how we end this. So if you're willing... I, am. I do want to say that I pray very short 
because cool. I have found no longer that you pray the more demonic things interfere. Okay. And so when know. people pray for a very long time, I usually will be like, I'm out. Jesus doesn't require 500 word essays. You can concisely say it. Even when we pray for people, it's it's very quick and it's 95% talking and 5% prayer, mm. I would say. And miraculous things happen because really God knows us very well. He knows our thoughts. And so mm. I pray concisely and to the point. That's what I'm trying to say. I don't, it doesn't bother me if other people pray long and that's their thing. So I, I don't mind praying. Yeah. I can pray. It'll be fast. So. Well, and, and what we're asking is just, you know, everyone who's going to hear this and the people that we've talked about that you have a heart for, we're just asking you to pray for them. All right. I can do that. Dear Jesus, um, we love you and we worship you. And I just want to thank you for um, this divine appointment with Kim and Kirk today and the opportunity to speak of your wonders in my life. And for anyone that's listening, Jesus, I ask that you uh, protect them and protect them from fear, protect them from doubt. Maybe this opens a door for people to ask more questions and get more help and freedom. Uh, Jesus, we thank you for all the people that are currently in my life that are filling back up the empty spots left from other wounds and Jesus I ask that you continue to use all of us to love people well and to show them who you are by our actions and our deeds and our words and put people in our path that you want us to help Jesus we ask that your will be done and and all of this and all of our health and all of our emotions and all of our day-to-day lives Jesus that you are exalted in that people see it see you in us and we thank you for this time and this day we ask you be with us as we go forward and keep the lines of communication open jesus and send us who you want to hear this and ask questions and just bless us all amen amen amen, amen. one of the questions that i would love to talk about in a future episode what does integration look like how are you able to integrate? What's the process of integrating these personalities? And what does it look like to move from one to the other? Are you aware? Are the other people around you aware? It's very obvious when I'm not me. <laughs> if you've been around me a lot, long enough, but that's right. I, a lot of times too, I take my kids a lot of places because I'm like, did I meet that? And the people will be like, hi. And I'll be like, I have no idea. No idea. No. Somebody else met. Yeah. And so, <laughs> but you know, I had a lot of things in place growing up note lists and notes and different things and I always would keep certain things in the bathroom so when if I went in a bathroom I didn't recognize I would look and if that wasn't there I'd be like I don't live here it was that bad those things we can talk about at another time because I think there's just so much more and I'm just fascinated <laughs> fascinated with all this so people tend to get fascinated and then get scared and then never talk to me again <laughs> Well, that's the that's the order that that goes is like whoa that's really cool oh that's really scary I can't talk to you that's well, that's the order that I, I get. I can promise you this <laughs> at least that I am way too curious for my own good, so I don't see myself getting scared, and I resonate. I honestly resonate a lot with what you've said. I mean personally, my own experiences and God breaking things for my own life and, and, and leading me to become more honest with myself in, in his presence. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So vulnerability, transparency, that doesn't scare me. It's when people hide. That's what scares me. Preach. <laughs> so, Amen. So this doesn't scare me. And I'm really grateful for you taking the, the risk. My son spoke very highly of you. So he was like, no, you should do it. And oh, I was man. like, yeah. So Thank you, Seth. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank so. you. Andy, thank you for taking your time to be a part Absolutely. of Absolutely. Until next time, Kim. Until next time. And thank you to each of you who've made the time to listen to this episode. We really appreciate you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, you can contact me by email, kurt at elevateslo.com. We would also encourage you to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel because there you can leave comments and we can interact as a community on that platform. And last, before we go, please remember from God's perspective, you are his beloved, so be loved.